Hi, everybody. This is uh, Silvio Canto in Dallas, uh, Texas, on Wednesday, January the 31st, the last day of January 2024. And today we're going to be chatting with our good friend, uh, George Rodriguez from South Texas. George, welcome. How are you? Very good. Thank you. Enjoying this beautiful weather down here. Yeah, we're having uh, some really nice weather up here, too. I mean, it, it's crazy. It's been January was uh, a month of extremes. I mean, there was literally one day we had ice and and today it's like in the 60s, I think. So it's a beautiful, beautiful day. I want to begin with a uh, a birthday greeting to one of our favorite people. Nolan Ryan is 77 today. So the great Nolan Ryan uh, is 77. Well, I guess all of us are getting older, but that's... Uh, that's you know when you think of Nolan Ryan, I mean you you think of this guy throwing fastballs at a hundred, it's it, he could probably still do it. I bet <laughs> he could probably still throw a fastball at at a hundred. Did you ever see him pitch? Because I had a chance yeah. to see him a couple I of did. times. I did when I was in. We used to go to the Astros game. And, oh yes, yeah, yeah. He pitched uh, with the Astros, of course, in the nineteen eighties with the Rangers in the early nineties. I mean, just an unbelievable guy to to watch. So happy number 77 at, uh, to Nolan Ryan, who was born in Alvin, Texas. Alvin, talk about talk about Houston. That's not far from capital. Houston. They call it the mosquito capital of the world. <laughs> well, I bet uh, Nolan Ryan killed a few mosquitoes with his fastball. I bet when he threw the fastball that there were a few mosquitoes that he killed before yeah. The ball got to home plate, but man, what a great pitcher he was. Well, let's talk about the border, George. The border is uh, going to be our primary topic today. But just breaking here in the last hour or so before we started, uh, the committee in the House, uh, I think this is the Judiciary Committee, has just voted on a pure party line to impeach uh, uh, Alejandro Mayorkas, as the, the DHS secretary. Uh, any any uh, any reaction to that, George? No, I'm kind of surprised that they finally did it. I am happy that they finally did it, uh, regardless of where it goes. I think that it goes on the record as far as um, the amount of um, uh, of damage that this guy has had. That it, uh, it it's like a bad a blog uh, on his uh, on his record. Uh, it, um, uh, I, I think, I think the damage that he has done, not only, uh, with his, um, his policies, but also just flat lying to, uh, to Congress, right. uh, claiming that, um, the, the, the border is under control, that there's nothing is going on, uh, that, that hurts American citizens. I think it's, it's outrageous. No, it is. And of course... I guess the next step is it goes to the House. And then the House will, you know, all 435 members will vote in the House. My guess is that he will be impeached by a few, by a few, which is the, the Republican majority is not that big. So he'll be impeached by a few members or by a few numbers, that is. And then it'll go to the Senate for what they call the trial. Yeah. And we'll see in the Senate. I'm pretty sure that he will survive the trial. But the one thing that it does, the one thing that it does is, like you indicated, it goes on his record. But more important than that, it forces they're going to have to have a debate. I mean, you know, yeah, exactly. 
the defenders of Mallorca are going to have to, in this trial, defend what Mallorca has done. And I'm looking forward to that, George, because to me, this man, Mallorca, has been one of the most incompetent cabinet members that I can recall. And this is a man who, by you know, if if President Biden had any common sense, he would have fired him a long time ago. Uh, he would have fired him for just total incompetence. And like you said, like you said a minute ago, you know, it's his credibility that is really the issue here. He's gone before Congress and said things like, we're not violating any laws on the border. Well, come on. Well, you know, and, and you crazy. know, I mean, if they want to do, if they want to really uh, have witnesses, all they have to do is just run, run the videos of, uh, of the newscasts over the past uh 24 months and let that be the witness. Yeah. Or just put the numbers on the, on the screen. I yeah. mean, the numbers of people coming in, uh, which is out, uh, outrageous. Or the mayor of Denver yeah. scream and yell. Yes. But you know, or, or the, the way he reacted when those, uh, border patrol agents on, on horses, uh, were accused yes. of whipping and, and that he, the fact that he never came out, uh, Again, I may be unfair in saying this. Maybe he did come out, but I don't think he ever publicly apologized. No, he never did. Those... He never has apologized for it. Yeah, which is pretty, pretty incredible. Well, George, the border situation it has now reached a, a point where the the governor and the state of Texas uh, versus the Department of Justice, as as you know, Eagle Pass has been taken over by the governor. Where we stand right now on this, uh, George, correct me if I'm wrong, but where we stand is uh, the Supreme Court two weeks ago issued a, not really an opinion, they really didn't issue any opinion. They just said that the case goes back to where it started from, which is that Border Patrol agents could cut the chains or the, cut the, the barriers, but they didn't stop Texas from doing what Texas is doing. So the Supreme Court really didn't say anything. Uh, and basically, it is now, I guess, going through litigation, and then perhaps it'll get to the Supreme Court again. And I, I think there's three possibilities here, George, of the Supreme Court. The first one is that the Supreme Court says, yeah, we, we support the Biden administration. Number two, we agree that Texas can claim the invasion clause in the Constitution. And number three, the Supreme Court could say nothing. And simply say, you know what? This is a political matter. You guys decided at the ballot box. So those those are the three, you know, the three conclusions that I that I see here from the Supreme Court. How do you feel about my three points? Well, I think that um, you know the situation has reached a boiling point here. Uh, it's sad that the mainstream media has characterized the uh, opinion, the position that the Supreme Court took two weeks ago as being a decision. I mean, they have repeated it that way several times and uh, on, uh, on, on uh, MSNBC and, and CNN, they continue to call it that erroneously. And this has caused a great deal of confusion. It has caused a great deal of uh, trepidation because people uh, think that something needs that that Texas is out of bounds, that Texas is doing something all and awful, and uh, <coughs> oh, excuse me, oh, uh, and, and but the reality is 
that Texas is within its constitutional rights. Now, the uh, you know, the three points that you asked me on, uh, I think all of them are valid except the last one. I really don't think that the that the that the um, Supreme Court is going to punt anymore on this matter. I think that it has reached the boiling point. Uh, I think that uh, uh, the cities of New York, the cities of Chicago, Denver, uh, because they are screaming and yelling. Uh, about the number of, of uh, migrants in their communities, uh, the impact of these migrants, uh, I don't think that it can be ignored anymore. Right. No, and by the way, I, I, I should add uh, that I agree with you. I, I think the Supreme Court should act. I think for them to punt it back to the political arena uh, will just make the situation on the border more difficult. I think it's politics, like you said. I think that it is a political matter. But it is a political matter where the Constitution is being violated by the Biden administration, where yes. they are not doing anything to, to uh, stop uh, the inflow of illegal immigration as well as to protect uh, now, states. One of the, and, and maybe you, you can help me with this one, the Constitution of the United States has that invasion clause uh, that Texas is using. But to my knowledge, no case has ever really been decided on that invasion. So the Supreme Court is going to be walking on new territory. But it is the state who gets to decide whether or not there's an invasion going on, which is very interesting because you well, know, a, lot, yeah. a lot of people, but I guess my point is that a lot of people, you hear ex-local experts and they say, well, it depends what the definition of invasion is. Well, it's whatever the state describes it to be. So if Texas says we have an invasion, then we have an invasion into Texas. Do, you, is, un do you understand that it that way, George? Yes, but that is a reflection, uh, Silvio, of today's society. That is a reflection of today's very liberal, very, very liberal attitude about the Constitution, where people, where we have these, these uh, scholars, these legal scholars that are more globalist than they are nationalist. They will, they're, they're hanging their hat on the definition of, of invasion because uh, they have a hard time uh, defining our nation as a nation, our country as a nation. So therefore, whereas this clause has never been used in the past, and the reason being because anything that happened by a foreign uh, entity against a state was automatically responded to by uh, uh, the federal government. I mean, today it's not. I mean, today this is this is viewed as humanitarianism, right. and uh, it 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 just shows it shows the difference in the perspective of the twenty uh, of the twenty first century brain, American brain versus what it used to be. Right. I think what you're saying, if I understood you correctly, is that it, the reason this had never been invoked before, this clause, is because the federal government had always Stepped you in. Know, accepted the responsibility. They had a responsibility at the border. Any foreign country that, that threatened any foreign country that came in, the United States would react, even, right. even now, if it was a territory. What's interesting to me about the Biden administration is that, for example, when you compare the Biden administration to the Obama administration. 
during the eight years of Obama, there, there was a nickname going around for Barack Obama or President Obama. And the nickname was Deporter-in-Chief, that he actually deported millions of people, that he became very effective at deporting people. I know that uh, there were people who were coming in too, but he was deporting people like crazy uh, during the eight years, and the numbers bear that out. And I think, you know, even the Obama administration understood that they had to control the border. Uh, the problem with the Biden administration is that somewhere along the line, you know, they, 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 I don't know what happened. They lost control of the situation or whatever. And you have people coming in in numbers that are completely unmanageable. I'll just give you, uh, I think you mentioned it, but I'll, I'll repeat it. And that is the city of Denver. The city of Denver is now basically saying, we can't handle this. We, our hospitals are consumed. We just cannot handle this. Now, I like to go to Arizona, George, because one of the consequences of, of Georgia, I mean, of Texas closing the border or getting tougher to come into, come into Texas is that the word has gone out that, hey, it's okay in Arizona. So more and more people are flooding the Arizona uh, towns. I think Nogales is the name of that city over there. Nogales, and they're going Yuma. Yuma, right. And they're flooding those uh, communities. And again, the hospitals and social services are under tremendous strain. And so I wonder if we're going to be soon, you know, I wonder how long Arizona is going to is going to say that they have a humanitarian crisis as well, George. Well, I, you know, uh, the situation in Arizona uh, is uh, also very different from us because um, they have a much larger international uh, immigration problem than we do. Ours are mostly uh, from uh, the Americas. They're all they're mostly um, still South American, Central Americans, Caribbeans. Um, Yuma is seeing a tremendous amount of uh, folks from the Middle East from Africa, from uh, Southeast Asia, a tremendous amount. And uh, again, the situation is that um, the Democrat governor of, uh, of Arizona has refused to do to act uh, like our governor has. And, and of course, this is, uh, I would assume, created quite a problem for the governor of Arizona because, again, you know, this, when, you're, when your social services and your hospitals are basically, you know, overrun yeah. by these people. You know, at some point, you have to explain to the local citizens, hey, you know, there's no room at the hospital because the visitors, and I'm using that word, uh, are, are using the hospitals. So you would think that this would become a very serious political problem for the governor of Arizona. Unfortunately, there are, uh, Arizona has been overrun by Californians. And their liberal approach to government uh, is beginning to take a toll on them. Yeah, and now New Mexico—do they have a problem? If you look in the yes, if you do. look in the map, yes, but if you do. look in the map, they have a very small border with Mexico. Um, in fact, most most of if you look at the map, most of they have a bigger border with Texas because of the shape of the of the because of the shape of Texas. But it's a small entrance to New Mexico. Have you heard anything about New Mexico yeah. and their problem? Yes, yes. They do have, again, it is, a, they have a heavy Democrat government 
state government, uh, who, who is not saying anything. But at the local level, uh, the um, uh, hospital, for example, in uh, the small community of, um, uh, oh gosh, I can't, I'm trying to remember the little community. It's right on the border. But they their, their hospital has completely been overrun for several years now for several uh, years now since the Biden administration came in, they've been overrun uh, with uh, uh, illegal alien patients. Uh, there have been many occasions where uh, we have been told or reports have been written up about um, citizens uh, having secondary uh, having secondary attention uh, at these hospitals, at these clinics, because they are so overwhelmed with uh, illegal aliens. Uh, the population or the the number of illegal aliens crossing in their communities are very small are very small but uh, the the combination of uh, a democrat liberal led government uh, not saying anything uh, com combined with a small number of illegal aliens crossing uh, causes it to to be overshadowed and not um, us not hear very much about it. But the problem is very real. The problem is there. Right. Now, of course, what makes New Mexico and Arizona also more vulnerable uh, to this kind of, of, uh, of a uh, situation is that they're smaller states, not just physically, I mean, geographically, but I'm saying they're smaller states, their economies, their economies are very, very small. I mean, the economy of of New Mexico is probably, I, I think the Metroplex is probably two or three times larger than the, the whole economy of New Mexico. And Arizona is probably not that much bigger either. So these states have less resources uh, and and the, that puts a, an even bigger burden on them. Uh, what about California? Have you heard anything about that? They also well, have- California, a California also, again, because of their heavy, heavy, Democrat-run uh, uh, government uh, has very little to say. The other thing, though, is that California has does have a full wall, uh, and um, that helps it. Oh, for the whole state? Seriously, no. I didn't know that. So the whole state border? Okay, I didn't know that. Now there are there are areas where people are starting to get around, and that's beginning to cause a little bit of anxiety. Um, there's uh, constantly situations where they they float around it and come in on the beach. That's become very, very common. I saw a video about that the other day that some people were coming in on a boat or something, yeah. you know, I guess going around San Diego and coming in, coming in that way. Now, very little thing, is said, again, very little is said because they have uh, a very, very liberal state right. government. Um that doesn't complain, that doesn't scream, that doesn't do anything. Right. They don't get the publicity that, or the issue doesn't get the publicity that it gets there. Now, during the the in the impeachment uh, hearings today in the Judiciary Committee for for uh, Secretary Mayorka, the line the line that you're hearing more and more and more from Democrats is this is a stunt. What the governor is doing. That's you know that's the talking point. You know, when Democrats say the same thing more than once, you know it's a that they've gotten a talking point. The talking point is this is a stunt. That's what the the lady congresswoman Escobar, I think it's her name, from El Paso. That's what this other lady that I saw on, on TV 
of the Democrat Party in Texas. They're using the word stunt when they're talking about uh, what the governor what the governor is doing. But let me go to my next point, George, on what the governor is doing. How do you see the politics of this uh, playing out? Because when you look at the national polling data, when you look at President Biden's polling data, when you get into the numbers, as they say, you know, by the issues, his his ratings on immigration and on the border are anywhere minus 20 to minus 30. So when you are down minus 20 to minus 30, what that tells me is that there's a bunch of Democrats who are voting no, because, you know, that's a big difference. So your gut feeling, what is the political reaction to all of this, especially in South Texas where this is happening? What is your reaction to what the governor is doing and 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 just the general uh, situation, George, about the, the border? What's your reaction? What are you hearing down there? Well, when I hear uh, Congresswoman Escobar call it a, sp- a stunt, uh, my uh, my mom and my dad used to have the saying, tratan de, to- de tapar el, el uh, sol con un dedo. Yes, my uh, mother would say the same thing. <laughs> Cover the sun with, with one with eye. With one finger. <laughs> yeah, right, with one finger, uh, yeah. You know, the reality is very, very different from what they claim to what we live through in South Texas. And um, the, the Democrats are not winning any votes by... Uh, calling that a stunt or pretending that it's not happening. It is happening. And um, the governor is heavily applauded. The governor is very, very supported. Uh, I mean, you have many, many people uh, who are ready to assist the governor in many, many ways down here. Uh, I mean, he's he's uh, this is this is a stand that he's taking. And it's really, really shameful, not to mention hypocritical and stupid, that the Democrats continue now to use this this uh, uh, word game uh, in hopes that somehow uh, it will stick and 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 people will not um, react to how they're reacting. The no. reaction here, I'm telling you, the Democrats do not have a winning game. Yeah, I don't see how they can have a winning hand with this issue because this is such a horrific situation. But I should point out, and I'll need your help on this, but uh, Congresswoman Escobar is from the El Paso area, right? Now, tell me what's going on in El Paso. Uh, I cannot believe that they're doing very well there either. No. In fact, um, again, El Paso is a very heavily liberal Democrat area. Um, and uh, they initially uh, were trying to play this off as a humanitarian effort. And there was some type of, con- there was some level of control of the illegal immigration uh, coming. And then all of a sudden the tsunami broke and uh, they were not able to do it about uh, uh, last year. There were people sleeping in the streets all, all over the place. Uh, the illegal alien homelessness uh, has become the norm in El Paso. Um, it makes her look very, very foolish. Now, let's remember that also Veronica Escobar, uh, during the Trump administration, actually used to go across the border to uh, have seminars to teach people how to cross the border illegally. But then once they were here, what to say and how to say it 
so that they could stay. Uh, she was one of the ones that was early on with the idea of claiming asylum inside the United States, which mm -hmm. has now become the thing to do. Right. Um, people know that in, in uh, El Paso. And, um, you know, I, I, just, uh, I just am really uh, amazed that uh, she continues to speak out uh, the way she does, because I, I, I just don't understand uh, how shameless can, uh, she can be in this whole matter. Yeah, it, it's it's fascinating for, for for some of our friends who may not be familiar with El Paso. El Paso is uh, the area of Texas that gave us Beto O'Rourke. Yes. Uh, so uh, I, that says it all, and I think in fact, Miss is very silent there. He is. Yeah. Very, if he's going to say anything, he says it in Austin. Right, and and but this lady, Miss Escobar, Representative Escobar, she replaced him. I think she did on uh, replaced his district. That is when he, I think, when he ran for Correct. Senate, I believe, yeah. uh, a few years ago. I happen to agree with you. I think the political reaction to this favors the governor. And when you listen to these people, I had a chance to to listen to some of them during the judiciary meeting today about impeachment. And, and you listen to these people, it's all emotions. Yes. They don't have a single solution for the problem. Except talk about logic. None. Yeah. Their solution to every problem is immigration reform. Exactly. If you listen to these people, I mean, it's it's almost like they're, well, they are talking. I mean, they're, they're basically, it's talking points. Yeah. Talking point number one is the immigration system is broke. Talking point number two, we need immigration reform. Talking point number three, uh, Trump is Hitler. Uh, talking point. I mean, it, it's the same garbage, but not a single one of them is is telling the people who live there in El Paso who are bearing the brunt of this, or on the border, or in Arizona, or New Mexico. Not, there, there's not a single solution to the problem. You know, if they were if they were to come out, for example, Senator Manchin. Senator Manchin was honest enough to come out and say, we got to close the border. we got to do something. We cannot allow this to continue. Uh, Henry Cuellar, the other Democrat in the region, has been very tough on the Biden administration. At, these, at least, George, these well, people are uh, offering solutions. Let me interrupt you there. The two people, the two guys that are running against uh, Cruz, the two Democrats that are running to challenge Cruz, both of them have taken steps back in uh in the re their rhetoric regarding the the uh the the border so i mean uh, you know if they see the writing on the wall well they have to well i think one of them all read actually voted with the republicans in the last vote right he did on the border so i think he figured it out and uh senator gutierrez state senator gutierrez he actually came out with a, a, a pretty reasonable proposal, as I recall. I don't remember all the details, but he certainly is not in favor of this. And I don't know how you can be in that part of the state, George, and not see the problem. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and, and of course, Representative Escobar is is just, like you say, shameless. I have no idea what planet she's living on. Uh, yeah. But I don't think yeah, she's spending a lot of time yeah, in El Paso. She's of the cut of, of the... Uh, Ocasio-Cortez cut that because she's a, a liberal uh, Democrat female, people are not going to you know, right. attack her or challenge her. Well, but the other fellow from Austin is pretty bad, too. I can't think of his name. Oh, Casada. Yeah, he, he's pretty crazy, too. Yeah. And again, 
these people never promote solutions. They never say, this is my solution. They like to throw rocks. Yes. And if they don't see the crisis, they need to talk to the mayor of New York. They need to talk to the mayor of Denver because they'll tell them real fast that there's a crisis going on. Well, George, I think we covered a great deal. Thank you so much, as always, for your time. Anything else that we missed in this in in this conversation, any point uh, there, that you wanted to make I, this thing, this thing, Silvio is just going to get hotter. Right. Um, and, um, you know, I, I, I'm not, I'm not going to say that there is going to be violence or anything, but it is going to, I mean, this is a constitutional crisis that keeps getting worse and worse. Right. No, you're right. I think that, I think you're right. I think the Supreme court has to tackle this and, uh, the whole country is watching 20, what is it? 25 governors. Yes, have already signed uh, this letter, and and I I will tell you quite frankly, if the governor of Arizona could do it, she signed the letter too, because her situation is just as bad. But you know, politically, obviously, it's going to be tough for a Democrat to support Governor Abbott, which tells you everything you need to know about exactly about how poisoned everything is when when you have to put your party first. I mean, that's crazy. That is, it really is. That's, Absolutely, absolutely crazy. Well, George, as always, thank you for your time. Have a wonderful day. Enjoy these uh, wonderful temperatures because I think we're getting rain on the weekend. Yeah. So, uh, um, yes. And, and again, I remind you that uh, the Farmer's Almanac was saying that we're going to have a big, big snow event in the middle of February. So, well, I look forward to that. Uh, I just hope it doesn't happen. I just hope it doesn't happen on the Monday that we're going to be off anyway. Yeah. You know, what is it, President's Day or whatever it is? Of course, we used to have, when we first came to the United States, I remember we had Lincoln's birthday and then we had Washington's birthday. And I guess now they they only do one, right? Yes. They're, they're being, they've been replaced, I think, with uh, President's Day, I think. Jacob Otto's birthday Day. and somebody else. I don't sure. know. I miss, I have to tell you that very quickly, I kind of miss uh, having Lincoln's birthday and Washington's birthday because I remember. As a, as a little sixth grader, having just arrived in the United States, fifth grader, sixth grader, I used to get a real kick out of the students in the class putting all these posters yes. of Lincoln and, and Washington. And I thought, in a way, in a way, it was a great history lesson. Exactly. It was. Yeah. The and kids, it, 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 it ingrained in you that you were American. That's right. So you had this great history lesson uh, in a very simple way, but it was a very meaningful history lesson. I remember the kids used to put, you know, not anymore, <laughs> not anymore. Now we do president's day. And of course, uh, you know, I, I don't it mind it. The president, as long as the president does not own slaves, did not own slaves. Right. Yeah, yeah, that's right. That's right. That's right. But I miss those days as a little boy. I remember, you know, the posters on the wall of Lincoln and Washington. I thought it was really cool. All right, George, have a great day. Have a good. Thank you. Thank you so much. Our, our good friend, uh, George Rodriguez, taking a look at, at the situation on the border. I think George is exactly right. The Supreme Court is going to have to take a position on this. I mentioned that they could punt, and and that was just a talking point, of course, on my part. But but I think he's right. I think the Supreme Court has to has to make a decision here or has to write an opinion about this situation. It's completely out of control here on the border. And as we can see in Denver, in Chicago, in New York City, and there's probably other towns too uh, where they're having the problem. The situation is totally out of control because you cannot have this kind of a tsunami of people walking into your country 
without consequences. There's a reason that we have a legal immigration system, and that is so that people can come legally in, a, in an orderly way. And when you break away from that, you create a lot more problems, as I'm sure the mayor of New York City would be happy to tell you. Have a great day, everybody. This is uh, Silvio Canto in Dallas, and we'll talk to you later. Bye-bye, everybody.